Hello, David. Juan. Thank you for meeting with me once again with our talks on God. You. Uh, at, at church, we've been talking about happiness, and um, it's been a very interesting topic, especially in the church context. And they have been talking, they've been touching on uh, happiness doesn't happen as well when you make it into an external an external uh, goal uh, because you know just they, they don't really go into like the non-dual aspects of it but but I'm I'm wanting to to go there on happiness because I think most people would agree uh, at least to some extent that stuff is not going to make you happy basically but what does make us happy? I, I was, I was, I heard a really cool quote that said something like, "The ego's, the ego's body is the human, it's human. But the consciousness body is the multiverse. It's like this, this uh, consciousness. We, 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 we are in. All these things are appearing in consciousness. Our thoughts, all the forms." any kind of energetic state, really. It's all appearing in consciousness. It's not like there's energy in me. It's all this is in it, in consciousness, as in the one self. And that makes me think, wow, you know, all these things that I'm searching for outside, they're already within me, at least at least the, the, the bigger version of me, not this isolated little self that I call Javon with all of its wants that it can never have and, and uh, aspirations and all these things all these things are in me and I, I, I've been with that quote in mind I've just been looking around and, and and toying with the idea like oh part of my body oh part of my body right that person oh part of my body oh this car that car that guy that's mad at me this client all of these part of my body all of these are part of me a bigger me and in a real way in that way, they are me, or at least they're my brother, the same as me, like a mother looking at their child and not thinking it's a different person. Like that's that's me. Do you think that that is uh, like the way to happiness? The, I guess the main question is, how do we be happy? But it seems like that's like a really important key in there that's different from the normal pursuit of happiness. Well, the quote that always comes to mind with happiness is uh, from uh, Guru John Wooden, right? You know who John Wooden is? <laughs> yeah, of course. I call him Guru. For those who don't know who John Wooden was, he was one of the winningest college basketball coaches in the history of basketball. But um, it, he was he he was known for having one of the best records ever. But he's also known for really helping. Uh, the young men that came under his his um, coaching helped them to be good men and improve their character and help them become better parts of, of community. So I call him Guru Coach Wooden because he just had just tremendous wisdom and he would boil it down into some really simple things. But one of the things he said about happiness, he said, happiness begins where selfishness ends. And I just find that just so powerfully true 
happiness begins where selfishness ends, oh. right? So mm -hmm. if if you boil that down a little more from an Eastern perspective, then I would say happiness begins when you quit energizing the small self through ego-driven thoughts and goals and desires, and you begin to you begin to tap into the larger self. Or another way of saying it, when is you start to move away from things of the body and the mind and begin to tap into deeper levels of your beingness of spirit, right? So as long as you're pursuing happiness through materialism or, or satisfying desires, your happiness will always be temporary, right? So let's just say you really want that one of Mercedes, a brand new Mercedes, and yeah, and you finally work your way around to it and you, and you get it and you just, man, you're just so happy. You're just driving that thing around. You're just really, really happy. And then you go park it and, and somebody opens their door next to you and dings your car. Mm -hmm. So my teacher would say, he says, uh, suffering is the opposite side of the coin of happiness. So, so I'm not quite sure which terminology to use, but I, you could say then happiness in a sense is in that sense is satisfying of desires. How does suffering the opposite of happiness? How's that connect? Well, you get your you get your Mercedes. You're really really happy. Oh, okay. You get a scratch in the car and the door, and now you freak out. Yeah, that very thing that is supposed to bring it to you now, it's subject to damage. The, or the very cause, or... the very cause of this happiness, or I would say more accurately, the very cause of the thing that's satiating a desire, will also bring misery. <laughs> It brings misery along with it. It's it's two sides of the same coin. Whereas if you go for deeper, what's what's the word? I can't I'm not even sure what the word would be. Deeper satisfactions, such as helping someone who really needs help. Right? Mm -hmm. Now that gives more of I, I guess you could say joy. Well, just for the sake of explanation, we'll say, okay, there's happiness and there's joy. So happiness is a satiation of desires, whereas joy is the activation or or attuning to to divinity or love within you and acting from that. So then that would, if I would then modify uh, Coach Wooden's quote, I would say, joy begins where selfishness ends. And the 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 joy joy this this the acting from deeper levels of your spiritual self there's no uh there's no flip side to that it's it's just that thing's good all the way through the the only flip side would be then if you're then attached to it so let's just say somebody needs a lot of help and uh, some help and they really need and you help them and you have that joy but you do it still with a little bit of ego where you're expecting at least some gratitude back then, then it has then it has another side of the coin. So when they're un, ungrateful, then you're really upset about it. Whereas if you learn to operate from divinity without attachment to the return, and that's in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, which is the story of Krishna, which 
Krishna, for those who aren't familiar, was an avatar. That's the true meaning. True meaning of avatar in India is the, actually the incarnation of the creator. Takes just as 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 Christians we say we believe the Son of God took a birth, right, and walked among us. Uh, in India, they say the true meaning of avatar is the creator <clears throat> himself, in, either in the masculine form or the feminine form, or a combination of both, takes a human birth to um, set the world back on its tracks. They say the avatar incarnates when the world is going way off track, and it, it it's, <laughs> kind of needs emergency tune-up from the creator himself. So one of those incarnations was as Krishna. And in the book, a story about Krishna, one of his methods that he recommends for liberation or being able to um, no longer be uh, chained to birth after birth, he said, is to um, dedicate all actions to God and don't take any fruit of the action. Well, I tried that for a long time and failed miserably time after time because I would say, okay, I dedicate this to God and I dedicate this to God and I'm really concentrating. And then let's just say you called me on my phone and we talked for about an hour and and I forgot to dedicate any of that to God. And it's like, okay, okay, try it again. Okay, I dedicate this to that. And, and then something distracts me and I go another five hours, completely forget the debt. So I just, I, I gave up. I figure I'm not worthy of it. But with my teacher, I began to understand that's not it. It's it's understanding that the promptings in your heart and your conscience is the voice of God within you. And when you operate from the promptings of, of the voice of God within you, which is another word for that is dharma or righteousness, you don't have to say, I dedicate this to God. But saying I dedicate this to God is of the mind. But when you feel the promptings of God within you and you do that, you don't have to dedicate it to God. That's God prompting you to do it. So it's 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 just by default that it's dedicated to God. So that becomes of the heart and not of the mind. So that puts you in tune with much deeper levels of divinity within you. Then the only thing that can ruin it uh, is to then take the fruit of the action, right? So the, the mm -hmm. saying was dedicate all actions to God and don't take the fruit of the action, which means you don't take uh, you don't take credit or blame, right? That's the fruit of the action where, you know, it, it, it's like classically uh, when I'm working on a patient and um, maybe it's a really bad problem and, and they get amazingly better, and a lot of times, oh, you know, Dr. Philipson, you're you're amazing. Thank you so much and everything. And so I don't I don't accept that as David. I know that that healing came from divinity as as promptings through me uh to do this or do that or 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 you know, just here or just there. But I've seen clearly over and over and over that when I'm operating out of love for the patient, then it's divinity that's moving through me. So when I when they're giving me that praise, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll say thank you, uh, 
but within my own self, I hand it into divinity who I know was the source of that. Or I'll just say, yeah, thank you. Thank you, God. And, uh, you know, I'm sure people think it's just a, a you know, a, a saying, but for me, when I'm saying, thank you, God, it's not a saying I, I am, I'm handing that credit off to divinity. So I think that's, that's the, the more direct scientific route of happiness is understanding that all things that come from your ego and desire and attachment will be short-lived one way or the other. And it's, 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 uh, you'll constantly chase happiness. It's, it's like dripping water on a hot pavement. It's never going to last very long. It's, yeah, so it's kind of... to get to a place then that you would even want that because I, I, you know, my background is in organized religion and uh, it's like people would pay homage and go to church or or hang out with the pastor uh, at the time, aka me, and it's like they're giving their time so that they can get back to their life. Like they show up to church, they show up to whatever, or they give the money, or they're hanging out with the, the person and they they. They uh, they act right, and they clean up, and then they go to the regular life, and yeah. it's it's like oh I want I'll do this, but then I really want these things. I yeah. really want to be wanting. I really want to pursue the stuff and pursue yeah. the accomplishments yeah. of who I can become and all these things. Yeah. How do, how do you get? I mean, is it just complete the grace of God that we would even see that abandoning the pursuits could help you be happy i mean is that that seems so out of your mind i think to most people well like, I why think, would i sacrifice to do that yeah i think it comes one of two ways uh yogananda used to talk about he goes people only truly start seeking god after they've just been crushed <laughs> mm -hmm. many times crushed for many lives where you've pursued the money and you've pursued the fame and you pursued all that and it always ends in just just complete disappointment and disaster and a lot of times that's the only time people truly begin to see god is is when they've just been disappointed by life over and over and over and no matter what they try it's not working but i think there's the potential of a of another way i think if you begin to taste joy right mm -hmm. let's just say you're with somebody uh and you're going to go feed the homeless and maybe initially you were feeding the homeless because uh, you want all the people in your church to see what a wonderful person you are, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, oh, you're such a wonderful, you're such a good person. And so once again, you're, you're, you're not dedicating to God and you're taking the fruit of the action. And that's, that's how you stay trapped, but maybe you're with, you know, an older, wiser person and he kind of takes you aside and just say, you know, he says, I'm not really doing this for the homeless people. He said, I'm doing it for myself because when I see them, I realize how blessed I am and how, how much I have. And I see how little they have. And when I just even spend a little time to, to make their lives a little better, it really gives me some joy, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm just doing it just, just, what if that was my brother who was mentally ill or my sister or my mom or my father was mentally ill on the streets and um, in another city where I don't know where he is, but 
I knew there were some people with good heart that made his life a little better. I'd be so grateful. So I do it because, because it gives me joy to alleviate just even a little suffering. So I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. For the joy it gives me. To make just even a small difference. So I think when you begin to truly taste joy as opposed to happiness, you know, it's like, come on, I got a new car, man. Let's come on. Let me show you my Mercedes, right? And then it gets dented. And I'm like, damn it, you know, this freaking, you know. Happiness always has the, the flip side of it, which is when you take away that which is satisfying a desire, then the misery is there. So I think that's the trick is to is to understand the difference between joy and happiness. So would you and, would you say that God's way is the ultimate of selfishness? Since it's the well, sure it is. Yeah, because because why do people want to be selfish? People want to be selfish because they want to be happy. Mm -hmm. But but selfish selfishness brings nothing but misery. <laughs> yeah. Whereas unselfish selfishness is, is understanding it, it's that un, true unselfishness brings you joy, which is the ultimate selfishness. <laughs> <laughs> you can, can I quote you on that? <laughs> well, if you, could, if you can remember it, I don't think I could say it twice. But I mean, but that's it. When you begin to realize it's unselfishness that actually brings you hap happiness. So maybe you can say that it's intelligent selfishness, whereas... Uh, selfish selfishness is stupid selfishness that never works it just never works and everybody listening to this you can either relate it to your own life or other people that you know that are just selfish people they're never happy well they're never they're never their happiness never lasts long you're happy get your new car you're happy for a little while right mm -hmm. you get whatever it is your material thing that you wanted for yourself you're happy for a little while but the flip side of that coin is waiting right around the corner. Whereas if you see people that are joyful, a lot of times you'll see they're joyful all the time because they figured out it's it's happiness. Joy begins where selfishness ends. And then once you get the hang of that, then you just get super greedy for more joyful. <laughs> you got to learn to balance it because that can become unbalanced. You know, you can be just, helping everybody else and neglecting your family. So you have to have wisdom with that too. Right. And just learn to find joy also in helping your own family. Right. Right. So, but, but, but that's it. It's, 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 it's shifting from the mind and ego to heart. Mm -hmm. And then it gets back to everything we've been saying before. It's, it's shifting from a part A to part B because part A will never do it. It will never do it. All the things of the mind will never get you there. Mm. I don't care how fancy they are, or how esoteric or new agey. It's always going to be shifting to purity of the heart, which mm. is high vibrational frequency, and then then starting to merge your awareness into that. What about someone who, who feels like they, man, I wish... I mean, that sounds good, but I really love whatever it is, like their pursuits and they feel guilty in there. Well, and so my, like, 
my teacher, my teacher had a, a program he calls ceilings on desire. Mm -hmm. Where he didn't say, listen, I'm not asking you to put on a loincloth and go live on the top of a mountain. He goes, but just, you know, keep, keep, a, keep a control. <laughs> Yogananda said, he goes, uh, he goes, the secret is, is uh, high thinking and simple living, which is the same thing. Ceiling on desire is, yeah, you know, yeah, okay, you really, really want your Mercedes, get your Mercedes, but don't have to have every new model that comes out every year, right? Don't don't chase every desire you have because the problem is it's like the six-headed hydra or ten-headed hydra or whatever the hell that thing was. Every head you cut off to sprout. And that's how desires are. Desires, if you are pursuing desires to be happy, it's a it's an unending hamster wheel. You'll never get off that thing. So he said, yeah, okay, yeah, fine, but just, you know, don't just completely indulge in it because it's not gonna give you what you want mm -hmm. so so I, I and i thought that was just just a very incredibly kind and sensible mm -hmm. he's not saying you know all my followers give up everything right mm -hmm. <laughs> live on the street it's like no 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 just but just 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 understanding that that satisfying desires never and so yeah okay yeah just just keep an eye on them if you find you just just chasing one after another after another you're off track you're off track but you really really want that mercedes go ahead and get it but a lot of times if you're pursuing joy you you, you get that mercedes and you're just so happy with it and then you know as you're pursuing joy more and more and more you're just looking at that monthly bill for your mercedes and you just look at it and it just starts to fade it's like you know and then you go get it tuned up and it's like a nine hundred dollars for for a simple tune-up and and you worry worry about it so finally you just you, you sell it and you just get yourself a used accord it's got some dents and scratches in it and now you, you're much happier mm -hmm. much happier you know the the thing yeah. there's there's a, a, a saying, I don't know if I made it up, but but don't be possessed by your possessions. Mm. You know, if you find you get that Mercedes and you lock it up in the garage every night and you worry about it and you worry about driving, it's possessing you. You're not possessing that Mercedes. It's possessing you and it, it takes away your joy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I see some of these guys with these fancy hot rods that they've, you know, they've uh, refurbished some you know, like Nova, 67 Nova or whatever. And then they got yeah. a $5,000 paint job and, and they yeah. park it in their garage with a, 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 a expensive security system. And then they drive it to the donut shop on Sundays, careful not to hit any rocks or anything on the road. That's if right. they do, if, if a rock bounces off the road, hits their paint job, they freak yeah. out. Yeah, And you can always tell if they're parked by a restaurant, they're having breakfast, they'll be sitting in the window right by their car so they could watch it. So it's like, is it really bringing you happiness or is it just a freaking misery? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's it. It's, yeah. I think this is why Jesus said it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven because, uh, and, and let's just put it this way. He's not saying it's not possible, but the more possessions you have, the greater the chance your possessions are possessing you, right? And then that, if 
heart of heaven is the kingdom of heaven within, right? That peace and joy. Yeah, you're not gonna have any peace and joy. You're constantly worried about your stocks and your and your mm. bonds and your and your rental properties and your big your big yacht. You're constantly worrying about it and there's you know upkeep and yeah, how are you gonna how are you gonna enter the kingdom of heaven, that that state of peace as you're tuned to God within you? You can't. Right. Yeah, not not some future destination that you have to go through the magical arch it, arch to enter into it. It's it's right. you cannot enter into the peace it's right a, now. Right. That's right. He said, "Behold, the kingdom of heaven is within." Yeah. Right. You you so you can see. All right. Yeah. And so it's not that it's impossible, but it it takes a tremendous amount of spiritual development to have tremendous possessions and not at all be attached to them. How much time do we got? We got eight minutes. So there was there was a story my teacher gave of uh, oh you have a timer that's good yeah yeah the, the, my teacher gave that um, there was this one highly advanced boy he was a highly advanced soul born into this world and his his dad recognized that so he was wanted to find him a, a teacher that could help him develop so he says oh well the the king is a highly advanced soul and the and the boy was a renunciate I mean he had he had a stack of spiritual books that he carried with him everywhere. But other than that, he he didn't have anything else. And he thought very, very highly of himself. <laughs> so he went to the king and he walked in. Dad arranged for a meeting with the king. And the king was laying on a gold lounge, right, with, with uh, slave girls fanning him, you know. And he walked in and took one look at this king and he goes... You know, why am I wasting my time with this material obsessed man? But out of uh, respect for his dad, okay, he'll sit there. So so the king said, come, 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 son. Uh, let, let's talk of my beloved God. So he starts talking about God and everything. And kid's sitting there just annoyed. And in comes a messenger. And he goes, your majesty, your majesty, the far end of your kingdom is on, on fire. And the, the king waved him off. He goes, please don't disturb me. I'm talking about my beloved creator with my friend here. So he left. Half hour later, a couple more. The, the kingdom is burning from all ends. And he goes, please don't bother me. I'm I'm busy talking about my beloved God with my friend. And pretty soon the fire is coming into the throne room. And the 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 fancy uh the fancy curtains are on fire and this king is still talking about God and the kid the kids starting to freak out a little bit. And so but he's not going to Kingston calm. He's not going to lose his cool because it's this material soaked king. He has, you know, he's not going to. And finally, the flames touched his books and his books started to burn. He immediately jumped up and started patting out the flames. So the king stood up, waved his arms, all the flames went out. He goes, You thought I was a material soaked person. He says, I let my whole kingdom burn down without batting an eye he said you lose one page of your books and you completely will pull away from God. Hey. So that, yeah so at that moment the kid realized he was in the presence of a highly advanced soul but but it just goes to show you the king the king had vast riches but he had zero attachment to it so it can be done but for the average knucklehead like you and me hey <laughs> All right, you. All right, for the average knucklehead like you. <laughs>
Thanks for being my clear. Yeah, we, we have to be very, very careful about how much possessions we have. Be very careful. And it was really funny. I always kind of felt that even as a kid. So a lot of times, the very thing I loved the most, I'd give away just because I just felt this natural, like, yeah, I'm way too attached to this and, I, and I'd give it away. So, so, but you just got to be careful that your possessions don't possess you because then it does interfere with your ability to enter higher states of consciousness. Even, even that's what, uh, that, that quote, that's something like when you meet the Buddha along the path, kill him. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I, I, somebody tell me, I, I, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. Well, I always took it of my, another form that I am, uh, you know, like this idea of God or this idea of Savior or this idea of something else outside of me that also is not freedom. It's this idea, another creation that I've made. Well, it's not bad, but still saying stupid. <laughs> <laughs> a little better. Because right. unless you explain it, somebody understands what you're saying, and, and they absorb that as a good principle without understanding it. What's it's it shocking. Be? I think it was meant to be shocking. They're yeah. trying to be shocking. It was, it was the title of a book. Yeah, I, I refused to even open that book after reading that stupid title. <laughs> well, you're attached to how stupid it is. Yeah, okay. All right. That. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> But so that's that's the thing. I mean, you have to differentiate happiness opposed to joy. Well, I think that's a good differentiate. Happiness, happiness is a satiation of desire, mm -hmm. and it, which cultivates more desire. Yeah, it's just you. If if you're seeking more and more happiness by satiating desires, you get caught up in just a, a terrible trap. Whereas if you taste joy, which is of the heart of the spirit, then that that also makes you want more but it 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 pulls you towards divinity pulls you towards divinity and like right, two minutes and the, they said the only the only way that can get to get go bad is if you then become attached to praise or the success of what you've done or the failure of what you've done you just have to understand god prompts you to do it do it do it to the best of your ability and you're done it's up to God whether it works, doesn't work, whether people are grateful or ungrateful. Mm -hmm. Let, leave that for God. Don't be don't be concerned with that. If you did it, did it from the promptings of your heart, knowing it's God, do it as perfectly as you can, and yeah. then you're done. Who knows? I mean, we might require, and it's the greatest blessing to have the thing that we hoped happened fall apart in flames. <laughs> we well, don't know. Ultimately, that's ultimately, true. Ultimately, we don't know. And ultimately, that's the end of all form. Or or, you know, you, you move heaven and earth to get the object of your desire. Well, let's just say, let's just say it's, it's some, we'll go car again. I was going to say prettiest girl you've ever seen in your life. Right? And you finally, you win her over and then you have her and she's just annoying as hell. And you're going, what, what have I done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I mean, that's it, but that's it. That's it. It's just a uh, uh, satiation of desires always has a flip sign is one that desire is thwarted. There's misery waiting for you. Or the, the desire when you have it doesn't make you happy and then you're even more miserable. Mm -hmm. Yep, I've been through a few rounds of those. Yeah, uh, any of us who live in a human life have. Yeah. Right? 
But I mean, sometimes we go through lifetime after lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. We just figure, well, I just didn't have enough money. I didn't have a expensive enough car, big enough house, right? right. And just you pursue that till your death and then start again another life till finally you realize, you know, it's just not working. <laughs> All right. Well, that's time's up. Uh, once again, uh, I really appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you, man. All right, my friend. Until we do it again.